This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann at Otago Polytechnic Tipukanga today, and I am joined by Antonia Wood. Antonia is in Dunedin, and she is from Plogging Otipoti Dunedin. Kia ora, Antonia. Kia ora. Where are you, Antonia? I'm just sitting in my car right now, just in the car park at work, just taking a quick break, an early lunch break. So, let's talk about plogging Otipoti Dunedin. What is that? Well, plogging is a mashup term um, that originated in Sweden. It means um, picking up rubbish while you run or walk, and it came about by joining the words jogging, which is jogging in Swedish, and plukka up, which means picking up. So, basically, just picking up rubbish while you run or walk. And, um, yeah, I, I got into that this year, just saw so much rubbish around and found I couldn't run past it when I was out running um, and just started picking it up and then discovered it was a worldwide movement and other people were doing it all around the world. I should definitely join that. I frequently walk on Aramoana and always end up with a pocket full of bits of glass, fortunately rounded yep. bits of glass, but it doesn't seem to be going away. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're plogging already. Yeah. Next time, take a bag and, and you might be able to carry more on your walk. Indeed. So we've been asking people how their lockdown life was, their bubble life was. I know that's now turning yeah. into, into history, but how was how was your bubble life? Oh, it seems like ages ago now. Um, yeah, but intense, I guess, just with young kids. Um, but good things came out of it, I guess. That was when I started getting into plogging, really. Um, yeah, we are tag team. My partner and I was looking after the kids and then get out for a walk or a run um, while the other one was looking after the kids. So that's, I guess, when I started getting into plogging, picking up rubbish when I was going for my run. So where were you during that time, that lockdown? Yeah, we're in St. Leonard's in West Harbour. So... I usually go running out along the West Harbour walkway, which is beautiful, right by the sea there. It's going to be spectacular when they finish it. Yeah, we can't wait. Yeah, early next year we'll be able to go all the way from town to Port Chalmers on the walkway. It's going to be fantastic. So I've been joking that they're treating it like an intergenerational project, like the building of the cathedrals. And one, But one day they're accidentally going to finish this walkway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's imminent. It's almost there. So, plogging and, and working, where do you work? 
Dunedin Public Art Gallery. Cool. What do you do there? I'm a collections assistant. Share with another person. We help the registrar and the conservator. And at the moment, we're installing new exhibitions, which is really exciting. That sounds cool. Is your background in art? Yeah. Yeah, I went to um, Dunedin School of Art and majored in sculpture and then started working at the art gallery after that. And cool. just recently morphed into this current position, yeah, after being a visitor host and before that was working in events at the gallery. Cool. What sort of sculpture? Um, I was working with blankets, old blankets, and covering lots of things with blankets, um, and also making my own felt. So uh, my final exhibition, I made a, a room out of timber and lined the inside with felt, made lots of kind of tiles, and it became a um, garden scene. So you'd put on these special felt slippers and walk into this room and into a garden with flowers and trees and, and there was a video embedded in the wall as well. Did you make a giant pair of shearing shears? Uh, no, shoes, slippers. You had to put oh. on felt slippers over your shoes, yeah, to walk into this little room. Oh, no, but did you make as, – as I've got, a, I've got a – sitting above my head, I've got a giant sculpture of shearing shears covered in blankets. That's not yours, is oh. it? No, no, that wasn't me. No, I did a medicine cabinet with medicine jars and blister packs all covered in blanket, um, a milk bottle crate, you know, the old glass milk bottles that you used to put out at the gate. Oh, yeah. Um, and the crate, yeah, so I did one of those all covered in blanket um, and different patterned blankets on all, each of the bottles. Um, I did a, a washing line of dirty washing with stained blankets. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. What led you to that? Um, well, I don't know. I just try, got to try everything at art school, which was fantastic, and found that I enjoyed sculpture the most. Um, it had lots of scope for doing whatever you wanted. And in, in our sculpture class, we had people drawing and doing video work and um, making stuff out of objects, so it was. It, I just loved the scope of doing anything you wanted, and um, yeah, the soft um, fabrics. I guess I was drawn to them just from their kind of nurturing value, using old blankets um, and wrapping things. Just interested me, and that kind of um, yeah, just. I was kind of unwell at, my, at the time, actually, um, with chronic fatigue syndrome, and I guess that was one reason why I was drawn to using blankets because they're very comforting and there's that whole kind of nurturing feel of wrapping something in a blanket. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's probably why I got into that. Cool. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have something that's also nurturing. Let's have Fat Freddy's Drop. Hope, why this one? Oh, why this one? Um, I love Fat Freddy's and um, I think 
when we were chatting about doing this um, interview and talking about plugging and cleaning up our environment um, and I involved my kids in picking up rubbish and plugging. So um, the thought of hope for our generation, for our future generations, just yeah, made me think of that song.
did I see you in the paper one time graffitiing the graffitiing dog poo? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, it's been another project. Yeah. <laughs> I spray-painted all the dog poo along the West Harbour walkway and then we held a community clean-up and a whole lot of volunteers and I picked up all the dog poo that had been spray-painted and then I buried it in my backyard um, and we collected um, 30 kgs. Might have been more, actually. Might have been closer to 50 kgs of dog poo. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. I can see I can see what drove you to be concerned about that, but what's behind the the actively doing something about it? Where does that come from in you? Yeah, well, as I said earlier, I love going down to the West Harbour Walkway. It's on our doorstep. I love taking my kids down there. They're three and six. Um, and my kids, like most kids, are curious, and they don't just stick to the walkway. They want to hop off their bike and walk around in the grass next to the walkway and explore. Um, we've got all these beautiful lagoons with lined with tussock next to the walkway. So you want to stand in the tussock and look into the water and we see heaps of sea creatures and seabirds in there. And it's, it's so interesting. And that's also where people leave their dogs poo. So I was forever saying to my kids, watch out for that poo. Don't stand in that poo. There was so much poo around, and I got sick of it. So I decided to highlight it, literally, by spray-painting it all. Um, and then we thought, well, better pick up now. And so a whole bunch of volunteers kindly shared their time and energy, and we cleaned a whole five-kilometre walkway from St Leonard's into town, cleaned it up, and since then we've been maintaining it um, I put out my own rubbish bins, which were just buckets with rocks in the bottom, put them along the walkway for dog walkers to put their dog poo bags in. And we've been tying dog poo bags along the walkway fence that um, dog control, animal control from the city council gave us. So we just wanted to raise awareness that we want to keep our community clean for everybody. And we don't want the poo on the grass in the picnic areas and in the tussock and um you know, where kids are going to explore and play. I know it's not quite turning the dog poo into art, but do you see a connection between the, the, that artistic endeavour and that community environmental activism? Yeah, I think I do. And um, with young kids, I haven't been able to maintain my art practice for some time in balancing family life and and work and other commitments, um, play centre and other um, sporting things that I'm interested in doing. So um, in a way, that um, became my practice, I guess, just being active in the community and um, and then documenting what I do as well has become my practice, I guess, until I've got more time to um, venture into other projects. So, yeah, I started um, documenting on Facebook and um, Instagram um, what we were doing with the dog poo cleanups, the scoop the poop events, and um, with the plogging as well. Um, and I've discovered that there's all these people out there all over the world that are doing amazing things, um, picking up rubbish themselves and documenting it. And it's this really supportive community 
of people who really care about our earth and keeping it clean and trying to keep all of the rubbish out of the water because that's a big thing for us living next to the beautiful Otago Harbour. You see so much rubbish right next to the harbour and in the water as well. I'm always picking it up off the little beaches and the lagoons next to the West Harbour walkway. So much plastic. It's it's really scary. Is that the artist in you that can see the benefit of not just doing the, the work, not just doing that practice, but in engaging people around it and engaging a community and telling that message? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I, I think um, also I just love seeing people connecting with other people, like-minded people. Um, in, in our community in St Leonard's, we're quite, quite spread out. Um, we're involved with St Leonard's Play Centre and St Leonard's School. Um, and I just love seeing us groups connecting and building that sense of community, which is quite spread out. And I think, um, yeah, that that definitely relates to what I do because I try and get these people, friends and, and families from these groups that I'm involved in, uh, involved in our rubbish collections as well. So we have people from... Um, St Leonard's Place Centre come to a clean-up on the weekend um, and also from Dunedin Orienteering Club. So I'm just trying to tap into all of our networks in the community, really. Um, and people really enjoy it, too. It's really satisfying collecting lots of rubbish, even though it's it's disheartening to see it there. Uh, you feel like you're making a difference, and it's quite social as well. Is there a role for that art practice and that community practice, which are kind of the same thing in, in that regard, in going beyond being the, the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff and actually making some system change? Because, yep, you can have a great time picking up the rubbish, but it would be better if you didn't have to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, where we could make the biggest impact is connecting with people um, in power, really. So I did invite the Vice-Chancellor of Otago University, who actually lives down the road from me, to come and join our clean-up on Saturday. Um, he wasn't able to come, but um, the, his PA um, forwarded our invitation to some student volunteer groups, and I hope that in the future, with future clean-ups, we'll be able to engage groups like that, um, which will help the bigger student groups to to uh, take notice and eventually change their behaviours. But I think it, there's a responsibility from uh, the university and Polytechnic to, to really engage with groups like us that are, are going out and doing the hard mahi um, and, and putting some systems in place that make it easier for their students to take responsibility for themselves and their actions and their behaviours. Um, because it's pretty frustrating picking up after these people. Um, and also the Dunedin City Council, um, Keep Dunedin Beautiful, um, who's a branch of the council, they support us. Um, we've got great support from Asham at uh, Keep Dunedin Beautiful, and he comes along to our cleanups and organises the contractors to come and collect all the rubbish after we've bagged it up and separated all the rubbish from the recycling. Um, but, yeah there could be a whole lot more done. So I think, yeah, it, it is a bit of the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, us picking up the rubbish and 
but I think it's a good place to start. It creates awareness, it spreads the word, and I hope that it can grow um, from there into engaging people in power who who can make change, bigger changes, and, and make more impact with large groups like students. I can almost understand why people think that dog poo is a natural thing and it will would go away by itself. But for the rest of the rubbish, there's no such excuse. Why do you think people don't care? Or do they care but they're too busy doing other stuff? What what do you think is the reason behind that lack of responsibility? Yeah, I think education probably Um, and lack of awareness. And uh, I try not to – when I'm picking up fast food – packaging of road on my runs. I try um, some runs and walks. I not to think about why people have done it because it's too frustrating um, because obviously a lot of people just pick up their takeaways, drive and eat them and then have the packaging out the window and and there it is littering the side of the road and it's everywhere and it, it is disgusting. Um, but it, it gets too frustrating to think about why people are doing that and um, – um, yeah, some some of the rubbish we find is probably accidentally blown out of bins um, or dropped. But um, again, the council could help with. Um, well, they are already making um, some changes with providing clips for people's recycling bins. Um, they're rolling that out with providing them for for every household. Apparently, um, we haven't received ours yet, but. Um, we've had a lot of um, winds in Dunedin this year where lots and lots of bins blew over and rubbish just spilled down streets and blew out into the communities and out into the the harbour. So, um, And we've done clean-ups following that and there was just so much rubbish around. Um, so things like that could help. Um, I don't know if we can get clips for the waste management wheelie bins if, if companies like that could provide them. Um, so that would be one thing that could help um, with when when our weather's really windy and bins blow over. Um, I know there's a street close by to my work that the rubbish gets collected late afternoon and by that time the black rubbish bags that have been put out on the footpath have been attacked by seagulls and there's footpath and then ends up blowing around so there's probably some changes that the council could make um, to help the rubbish situation. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dinan's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi arohanui, kia koutou kotapaho. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars, in your beloved universes. I really hope, wherever you are, and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, the triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, and here, making things better. Thank you. Now, I know that for us all, the last nearly three years have been very tumultuous. There's been so much that we've had to learn and deal with. 
so many new ways of being, doing, seeing, feeling. And of course, for many of us, I'm sure, in fact, for all of us, we are in a process of recovery, recalibration, and recognition of all of these changes that have taken place around us and in our lives. So I really hope that for you, you're getting the time and space that you need to recover and to process all this change. Of course, for me, being part of the show is a huge pleasure and privilege and has really helped me over the time since the first lockdown to navigate and conceptualise ways of navigating in ways that have been really helpful to me and I hope to all of you too. So a huge thank you to Sam and the whole Blown Bubbles team for having me. I really love sharing this space with you. Thank you. I've been having a wonderful time. My band played for the Waitati Music Festival and we were all re-inspired and reinvigorated. We're planning lots of future events, so I'm very happy about that. And of course, as we know, we are returning more and more to that consensus reality that we so flippantly, in a way, enjoyed pre-COVID. You know, we went to know that so much would change and we took so much for, for granted and you know why shouldn't we but it's been amazing all the shifts and changes that have happened to recognize how precious how vulnerable these aspects of our daily lives are how much they can change and of course that sense of real deep gratitude deep connection with the lives around us with our own life and all of the consequences of, of change on our lives. I do think that for all of us, this time has allowed a deepening of our sense of connection to ourselves and to each other. And of course, for me, to the living world, having that time of real quietude and peacefulness when we weren't able to travel and the birds were coming into our backyards and it was silent. For miles and miles around there are no cars and we could walk down the motorway and see all these things that we had been whizzing past before. It was a whole opportunity to see the world anew and I'm really grateful that we've experienced that together as a species, collectively, globally. What a great leveller, what a great revelator this whole process has been. So I really hope for you as we are in this phase of recovery and reflection. You can have the time and the space that you need to process all of these shifts and changes that have taken place. And I also hope that you're finding ways to reintegrate and recalibrate the learning that you've been doing, the growth that you've been doing, the co-evolution that you've been part of alongside all life in an infinite weird exciting. I'm really looking forward to heading up to my heart's home workplace, Otakanui Eco Sanctuary, tomorrow. I have a lovely group of homeschoolers. I really enjoy spending time with them at Otakanui, exploring the forest, looking at who's living in the pond. And for me, there's a sense of renewal, a sense of hope returning, a sense of light and abundance and freedom returning. I really hope it's the same for you. So I look forward to talking to you again, beautiful superstars. Thanks so much for having me. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Antonio Wood. Antonio, we've seen lots of change in society over the last 
couple of years. It's almost three years since the start of the pandemic now. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, I hope that the sense of community that grew during the pandemic when people slowed down and looked out for each other more, I hope that will continue. Um, our lives have gone back to being quite busy as they were before the pandemic, I think, for a lot of people. And so it's easy to forget um, all the good things that came out of slowing down. Um, but yeah, that'd be great if we could just all slow down and connect a bit more. I remember being out walking somewhere on the top of the road up to Mihiwaka, I think it was. And I remember the distinct feeling after the, the very last day before the, last, the first lockdown stopped, thinking, this is actually quite nice. It's a shame we're going to go back to being busy tomorrow. Maybe we could hang yeah. on to this. And of course we didn't. We rushed back to being busy. Do you think we're addicted yes. to being I busy? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it takes something like a pandemic to force us out of that busyness. Yeah, I know. We're funny creatures, us humans. What's your favourite track to, to walk on or to run on? <laughs> favourite walking track. Oh, there's lots around Dunedin. We're spoilt for choice. Yeah, I love all our bush tracks. Um, love Ross Creek and the Wakaru Redwoods. Beautiful running around that bush. Um, yeah, that would be one of my favourites, I guess. And I love linking up lots of our different tracks. Mount Cargill, Bassoon's Gully. Yeah. It would be good if they were actually properly joined together as a loop. Quite a long walk if you yeah. were to go around the skyline, but I think it would be an amazing, an amazing track. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, sometimes you have to link up with some roads, but um, yeah, there's some awesome walks and, and runs you can do around Dunedin. Flagstaff's wonderful and swampy. I um, I had some minor surgery on my face a couple of weeks ago and it meant that I couldn't swim. And of course, that's a big problem for me. But I decided that I would go and meet the swimmers on Saturday morning after after swimming for coffee. So I set off nice and early from from Sawyer's Bay, thinking I was going to walk into town. And then, as I was walking down the hill, I thought I could go over the hill. It wouldn't be that much slower. And then, as I was starting to walk up the road, I thought, hmm, I could go up the bush tracks. I could go up through Graham's Bush and then over past the organ pipes and over Mount Cargill and down. It won't take much longer. Absolutely. But I was wrong. It did take quite a lot longer. Yeah, long way around. Beautiful walk, though. You certainly know you've gone up. Yeah, you do, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a couple of beautiful tracks you can link in together, the Graham's Bush and up past the organ pipes to Mount Cargill. It's beautiful up there. So let's go from talking about walking tracks to music tracks. Let's play the second of your music choices. Soft Cell, Tainted Love, why this one? Yeah, I love 80s music and I'm having a party coming up soon to celebrate my a big birthday and it's going to be 80s themed, so that's why I chose that one. <laughs> 
Do you think we can take any lessons from the pandemic and our response to the pandemic for the the bigger sorts of challenges that we face and things like social justice and inequity and climate change? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I, I don't know how you relate um, the pandemic to climate change, maybe having more time to think about it. Well, my first thought was that it proved that we can do stuff. If we set our minds to something as a society, we can just do it. We can close down the economy and and do things if we have to. Um, But then, of course, realizing that that's actually almost a simpler decision than the sort of system change stuff that we need to do for things like climate change. Um, but then we can do it. But maybe then that came unravelled, not just in New Zealand, but around the world with the rise of the disinformation and misinformation and the the fragmentation of society that that came about with it. So maybe if we are dealing with those bigger sorts of challenges, 
I don't know, how do we work that into this sort of more fragmented society that we've got? Mm. Yeah, I think you're right, though. It proved to us through the pandemic that we can stop and make changes when we're forced to. It's just coming to that point where you, you think something's important enough to make big changes. Do you think that there's a role for art practice in encouraging those big changes and in particular the the bringing back together the, the fragmentation that seems to have happened in the last couple of years? Yeah. 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 For opening people's minds to other ideas, and coming to the art gallery is a great place to do that. <laughs> Let's take the questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Ooh, um, that's hard to say, really. I guess uh, beginning beginning this environmental action and, and growing a following in Aotearoa um, Dunedin of like-minded people who are keen to clean up our community. Um, so the people who came to our Scoop the Poop events to clean up all the dog poo on the West Harbour walkway and at Back Beach in Port Chalmers and everybody who comes to our uh, clean-up events and collaborating with other groups that are doing the same like um, Kate from Let's Get Trashed, a group at the university who are organising clean-up events, um, Our Seas Our Future, Noel and his crew, um, and Keep Dunedin Beautiful, and all the volunteers that are keen to come along and, and help. Um, I, I think that's a great achievement to um, create the opportunity for people to be kaitiaki for our community um, and connect with with people and connect with our environment. So we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? Oh, connecting people and spreading the word, pulling people together. Where does that superpower come from? Were you born with that or is that come from somewhere that learning to to connect people yeah I'm not sure I guess it's just evolved um being involved with different community groups um and sport you meet lots of different people and then maybe get a flicker of an idea might be kind of my arty brain getting ideas for doing things and then once I've got the idea of course I have to follow through (laughs) um and then just getting excited when other people are interested in what you're interested in and then this energy grows collectively. So, yeah. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? I I haven't really thought of myself as that. Um, Just like being involved in the community. Yeah, I don't really think of myself as an activist, I guess. But I, I do, when I see that there's something not right, um, yeah, sort of start getting motivated for trying to create change. Um, yeah. So what Seeing does motiv- we can, Yeah. What does motivate you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, um, 
Oh, I love my job. Love seeing my kids active. Um, I love exercising. So all of those things. Yeah, love being outside. And St Leonard's is a nice place to be doing that. So what is the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Um, yes, big running races coming up. So I've got some training for them and uh, one of the team events, so making sure I'm fit enough to keep up with my teammates in a, a women's adventure race. Um, it's early next year, so making sure I train enough over the summer. Um, going tramping with my six-year-old boy, initiating him to tramping life, um, and just balancing family life with work and play, I guess, is always a challenge, but um, getting my kids involved with lots of um, fun activities um, as a family, lots of outdoor activities and um, sporting opportunities as well as cultural ones. So, yeah, balance. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, advice. Um, get involved. Get out there. Get get involved with what you're passionate about. Um, come and join us in some plogging, clean-up events, make some new friends. And oh. if you're out walking or running, take a bag with you and pick up a bit of rubbish and pop it in a bin and if there's no bins around ring the Dunedin City Council and get on their back and ask for more rubbish bins How do people find the blogging events plogging events Yeah you could join our Facebook group Plogging Otipoti Dunedin and we post all events on there We shall have Uh, a look there Yeah we're also on Instagram Well, thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome. It's been lovely chatting. Thank you.
again Sunrise will see you today Again. Worries, yes, they drifting away. Oh, come on, you gotta free your mind. They're gonna tell you a little story about how we're gonna find a place to go and a place to play where we can have more the creatures that are out to stay. Freedom, it's a state of mind. A place to go from time to time. I get away even only for a little bit. Oh, come on, let your inhibition sit. We gotta feel it coming through. Rhythm and the blues, just relax and let it do what it's gonna do. Let your hair down, come on, spin around. Modern day hippie coming up and getting down. Starting. Think I'm in a new evolution singing Baby, maybe someday we could break this illusion Cause it's a beautiful day Oh, oh it's so, so nice It's a beautiful day Everything's alright It's a beautiful day Oh, oh it's so, so and girls, wherever you are around this world, this is your moment, this is your time and you can get down and get involved, if you're driving your car, cooking some dinner, with your mates or just in a state, this is your time, it's your rhythm break, so get involved, get involved. Listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic, which is brought to you by Tipu Kanga. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Duncan Disorderly and the Scallywags. Well, it's a beautiful day. Beautiful day. I'm Samuel Mann at Otago Polytechnic and I've been joined by Antonia Wood from Plogging Otipoti Dunedin. That was blowing bubbles. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. Marty Wa. It's a beautiful day. Everything's This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.